The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Giri. And tonight we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for January 30th. 2017 uh matt morgan is on a well-earned vacation in hawaii tonight so he will be back next week but uh yeah the big news right in the final minutes of raw samoa joe made his main roster debut attacking seth rollins uh in cahoots with triple h and all in all i gotta say i thought tonight was was a pretty decent episode of raw i mean your your thoughts going into it raj uh, I, I mean i was pretty tired by the end uh until samoa joe came uh i thought it was I thought it was fine, but um, I think just all the the nights of wrestling probably catching up to me. But uh... oh, we lost Raj. Okay, if people can hear me still, uh, Raj should be back momentarily. Um, so as Raj was saying, he has had just a whirlwind uh, going into this. He covered you know NXT Takeover on Saturday, covered the Royal Rumble last night for Wrestling Inc., and then tonight Monday Night Raw. So we did see the debut of Samoa Joe. Now this was speculated. Uh, there was some behind the scenes chatter that the reason we didn't see uh, Samoa Joe in the Rumble last night is they have big plans for him going into WrestleMania, and it wouldn't have made sense for him to enter the Rumble and lose. So that's why they held off on his debut for tonight. Uh, I'm looking at the chats, and what's really funny. Uh, uh, Kiwana McLean, your uh, comment there about Joe should be on SmackDown. That was my first thought tonight. And uh, so Raj is back. But I'm Raj, back. Sorry about that. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? So let's talk about the selection uh, first and foremost of Joe on Monday Night Raw as opposed to, drafting, uh, as opposed to debuting him on SmackDown. Uh, sorry, as opposed to SmackDown, did you say? Yeah, yeah. So Joe going to Raw as opposed to SmackDown. Um, well, I mean, I guess we don't officially know if he's on Raw yet. I mean, it could be that he's just Triple H's guy for now. Uh, goes on to face Seth Rollins at Fastlane. And then after that, uh, you know, SmackDown signs him. So, yeah. you know, you, you, I guess it's, it's, I think it's too early to say that he's definitively on Raw. Well, you know, it was interesting seeing him do, uh, you know, the cannonball move in there because that, my first thought was like, you know, we've got Kevin Owens and Rusev and really Samoa Joe is like you morphed the two of them together and stopped halfway, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I almost wonder if there's some danger. I mean, don't granted, this is a great storyline. And uh, Raj, I recapped sort of, you know, the behind the scenes info that we found out about why Joe wasn't in the Rumble. They have some big plans for him come WrestleMania. They didn't want to have him debut in the Rumble if he wasn't going to win it. So this is a very high profile debut. This is very good for Joe and his career. Um, you know, I just, I wonder if uh, we already have, you know, that archetype. Uh, currently on Raw. But that being said, you know, hell of a way to debut the Monday Night Raw after the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's funny. I tweeted like right before um, when the limo pulled up, I tweeted, oh, uh, the limo, the limousine door is opening and out comes Samoa Joe. And yeah. I go, just kidding. It's Triple H. Uh, and then, you know, two minutes later, Samoa Joe's out there. So, hey, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was cool. And, you know, I think you got to, Give WWE their due sometimes. I mean, isn't it uh, isn't it much better that he debuted tonight on on Raw in the way that he did, as opposed to being number thirty and lasting three minutes and being thrown out? Yeah, although you have to wonder what the what the buy rate was and what the views were on the network last night for the Rumble. I mean, they hyped up this Rumble a lot. Um, I would I would, th would think that would be a very high-profile platform. Um, you know, we'll know what the ratings were in a couple of days for tonight's Raw, but definitely. Oh, it's definitely more people watching Raw, no question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there always is. Uh, but, you know, pay-per-view is always more memorable. I mean, you're, you're going to have – this is going to be one of the highest-rated Raws of the year. The post-Rumble yeah. Raw, is, besides the post-Mania Raw, is always uh, one of the highest-rated ones. So um, it's going to be big. Um you know, Roman Reigns, unless they're turning him heel, he shouldn't have been number 30, but we'll, we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think this was the better way to do it than, than, than doing a short, uh, stint in the rumble. Yeah. 
So we open up tonight on Monday Night Raw, post the Royal Rumble, and we go to the ring. Out comes Kevin Owens and the United States champion Chris Jericho. Um, this, you know, with Mick Foley set up the match for later in the night of Owens versus Strowman. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting. You know, I felt like this show flew by pretty quick, actually. It did not drag nearly as much as some episodes of Raw have in the past. Um, there were some nice bits recapping the Rumble. Uh, Chris Jericho talking about him breaking the record, now known as the 61-Minute Man. Uh, behind the scenes, is it true, the rumors, that that uh, he'd suffered an injury during the match last night? I know Matt Morgan had picked up on that when we were talking about the Rumble, and that's why Jericho was just sort of rolling on the floor out, out of uh, the ring last night for so long. Uh, no, because even, you know, Matt had mentioned it was it was when he landed, you know, from Brock Lesnar. He looked like he tweaked his ankle. He was gotcha. favoring it. Uh, but that wasn't until the end. So, OK. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's just how it was designed was for him to be outside most of the match. So, he, I mean, I, you know, obviously he's fine. It was probably just a little, uh, you know, just a minor injury, but nothing, nothing major. Yeah. Um, so we went in for the first match of the night. And of course it made me very happy. We had Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho. Um, I gotta say, I love this match. Thought this was great to see the two wrestling, but again, you know, you, Sami Zayn is very good at pulling off an emotional victory. He makes it feel like he's accomplished something. I think every time he wins and, and he wins a fair amount, uh, but that's just something to the heart that he conveys in the way that he wrestles. But then to have that, you know, immediately realize, wait, this wasn't for the title. So it was essentially a meaningless match. I mean, I don't know what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, they need to build up Sammy cause he's going to be facing Kevin Owens at, you know, all the live events, uh, going into fast lane for the title. So um, it, it makes sense to make him look strong. And, they, they, you know, my guess is they probably are going to do a title match at Fastlane between these two. I don't know. I mean, you still got, you know, four or five weeks uh, before Fastlane. So there's enough time that plans can change. But, I mean, that's usually what it means. I mean, they could always do the blowoff match next week. But yeah, um, that's what I would expect. A, a lot of people were asking about the armbands that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn oh, yeah. were wearing tonight. And those were, um, they, they had the Quebec uh, symbol on them. And those were as a tribute to the victims of the Quebec, uh, the mosque shooting in, in Quebec City. Yeah, I have to say, Sami Zayn, you know, I follow, follow a lot of wrestlers on social media um, and on Facebook. And Sami has been very, uh, you know, not preaching one side or the other, but even before this has been talking a lot about the need for tolerance. And so uh, clearly, you know, this, this issue uh, is very uh, near and dear to his heart, especially. Yeah. Kevin Owens as well. Last night, he, he, he sent off uh, several tweets in, in French yeah. uh, after it was clear. He didn't know about the shooting before because he was joking about how he wanted the door to go out next in the rumble to eliminate Goldberg, you know, and take him out. <laughs> so, and then, you know, it, it it changed but yeah so that's that's what the uh armbands were yeah so i dug this night so you so you're hearing now owens versus zane at uh fast lane as opposed to owens versus goldberg no 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 owens oh. versus uh zane is the scheduled match at house shows at the oh, live gotcha, events gotcha. oh gotcha heading up to it yeah that makes sense um yeah so you know i thought they put on a great match tonight man would i love to see a belt on sammy um but yeah i, th I thought that was a good kickoff to the show uh, backstage, we had the buildup with Bailey and Cesaro and Sheamus for their match against uh, Charlotte and Gallows and Anderson. Uh, before that, Stephanie backstage with Kevin. You see, this was yeah, interesting. Like, you know, I, I wish they'd do a little, just a little something to explain why Charlotte just happens to be hanging out with, uh, you know, <laughs> Carl Anderson and and Luke Gallows while Bailey is, you know, just happens to be with Cesaro, you know, Cesaro and Sheamus. You know, just something. Uh, as opposed to it's just a complete coincidence that they're they're just hanging out and walking by. Yeah, we could have had a fun little segment at catering, perhaps, you know, something. Uh, a meet cute, something there. Uh, again, though, Gallows and Anderson, you know, I, I have to say, I think I'm turning a corner on their nerds. Yeah, I mean, it's so lame that it's actually grown on me now. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, same here. I, I think it, it, it's growing on me, too. Yeah, they committed to it. That's the key. When you have just a bad joke, I mean, just commit 100%. Remember how long Daniel Bryan was doing the yes chant before yeah. it, uh, and it was, you know, meant to be super annoying at first, and then it became a, a phenomenon. So yeah, so no, it's interesting how those things can uh, can develop. But no, I thought, uh, you know, that segment, um, yeah, it, it really flew. The pacing was really good for this show, uh, you know, and, and we didn't, I feel, get a lot of drag, which was nice. Um, probably up until the the Tony Nese versus Mustafa Ali match. And it wasn't that there was anything bad with that match. But to me, it felt like when they're doing these now, I mean, 
I don't even feel like they're telling a storyline. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts were on the commentary, but to me, the whole thing was just trying to put 205 Live over. You know, probably yeah. the hardest they have in a while. It just feels like they feel obligated now to put it on. You know, like the, not necessarily like the Neville angles and stuff like that, but like yeah. the the other matches. And, and, and you know, Mustafa Ali debuted last week, right, on Raw? Mm-hmm. And, you know, had, had, a, had a big win. And then... He's losing this week. So that's that's the problem with like a lot of these guys not getting over. Now you see how they're booking Neville, and it is working for him because he has looked like a monster. They're not doing the 50-50 booking. And Brandon Mustafa Ali is probably not their choice for the top babyface or anything, but you just debuted him. He, he just seemed to get a little steam going. Don't have him lose the next week. Glenn, you there? <laughs> I think... Glenn, you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, yeah, technical difficulties tonight, folks. A lot too many people are trying to access the network. We'll just use the WWE's excuse. Um, but yeah, really trying to put over 205. And my question is, if they're going to do that and put over 205 Live that hard, why not just have, I mean, it's a three-hour show. Why not just have two NXT guys come out? Why not just show highlights from an NXT match? Let's just put everything on the network over at that point. Well, the NXT, it's it's not meant to be it's not necessarily meant to be a separate uh, parallel brand. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a step as opposed to, you know, uh, so they, they don't want you seeing the guys that are supposed to, you know, like if you've been seeing Samoa Joe in these matches week in, week out, and then, you know, then he pops up on the main roster, it doesn't have the same effect. So yeah, I suppose. Although I think it's back to being developmental. I think they were treating it more like a separate brand. Uh, you know, for quite some time, but just given the current state of things. Well, now the all the goal is always to get these guys moved to the main roster. You know, once they're once there's a quote unquote ready, even though Nakamura has been ready forever. I think some of his shine is kind of uh, dulled a little uh, because he's been in NXT so long, and a lot of that you know uniqueness and that specialness of, of seeing Nakamura is kind of gone. Yeah. So let's talk about, for me, this was the most surprising part of the night. And this isn't, you know, I, I know Veggie Gamer and some of our longtime fans are going to be like, oh, Glenn's nitpicking again. So Seth Rollins, Stephanie McMahon facing off in the ring. Um, when's the last time a baby face threatened somebody's children? Especially because she has daughters. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was some weird Cape Fear shit for, like, Seth Rollins <laughs> pulling out there. Um, and, like, like walk me through this. How, like, Rollins is supposed to be a face now, right? They <laughs> They don't. Yeah, I guess you're not supposed to. It's just supposed to be a line that makes you go, "Ooh, this is getting really personal." You're not supposed to think too much about it. But yes, in in in, in theory, if this was a threat made by like a UFC fighter, um, <laughs> then was, yes, there would probably be fines or you know something. But yeah, yeah, it was just a little little much. Uh, and and that's the thing. I mean, we get like we get it. And, and maybe he and he probably meant that your kids are home and they're going to watch me beat the crap out of your dad as opposed sure. to I'm going to beat the crap out of your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, you, that, you, yeah. uh, Seth made that line. Someone in the comment section, uh, Derek, saying Stephanie looking very sexy. I thought she was a little dressed a little hot compared to usual. Maybe Seth, you know, Seth did have a point with what he said. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, the whole thing. I thought, you know, like before they announced Triple H was going to be there, I was like, man, what great segments. Why weren't they doing this the past couple weeks with Seth looking for uh, Triple H, have vignettes of Seth crashing into a board meeting, you know, at the headquarters. Like this would have been gold. They yeah, were- they just picked it up out of nowhere. Like yeah. he'd kind of let it go for a while and then just kind of picks it up out of nowhere as, it, but you know, there, there was only so long you really could do it before it got old. So then they wanted, they wanted this for mania, apparently, unless they change plans completely and, and go with Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins, which, which I doubt. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would have been cool if they did something, you thought a little outside of the box with some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, SmackDown, when they did that with uh, with Heath, you know, I thought that was uh, really clever. It was fun. And uh, yeah, I think something like that would have been fantastic for this. But with the whole thing tonight, um, you know, again, it had good momentum. I liked that they built up the Triple H was going to show up. And 
you know, earlier, Raj, you talked about 50-50 bookings. So I want to talk about that next with Cesaro, Sheamus, and Bailey versus Gallows, Anderson, and Charlotte, which uh, write the full definition of trading wins. Uh, but first, uh, let's give a moment here and uh, thank our sponsor of this episode, DDP Yoga. Look, you see how great Mick Foley's looking these days. You see how Chris Jericho's looking. You see how Goldust is looking. How they get in the shape? DDP Yoga, DDPY, completely turn their lives and their health around. And uh, they're awesome max packs, especially. In fact, we've got a deal for you right now because it's 2017, January is over right i mean the year is a 12th of the way over 2017 will be done before you know it and what do you want to do when you look back at the year say you know i just sat sat on my butt and did nothing or i started ddp yoga i turned my life around i turned my health around and we're going to help you do it because for a limited time you can get three months of full access to the ddp yoga now app for 25 off or if you want the dvds you can get the dvds plus three months of full access to the ddp yoga now app for 25 off and killer deal if you want to partner up with a friend or perhaps your loved ones uh you can buy a max or combo pack at 25 off and get the second one for 50 off so here's what we want you to do head on over to ddpyoga.com wrestling inc that's ddpyoga.com wrestling inc save some money get in shape ddp yoga and we thank them for sponsoring the show so you mentioned earlier man so they didn't really set up why charlotte was with gals and anderson now it was just what like two months ago that we saw dana brooke uh teaming up with them and uh yeah you know i i like this match i thought it was good but man how i mean it really underlines the 50 50 booking the trading of wins if you know charlotte pins bailey last night then literally the next night bailey's pinning charlotte yeah just yeah, exactly. I mean, have Bailey beat Dana Brooke again or something, you know, utilize some of your other win, you, you, women on the roster. Um, tonight, there was no Emelina tease, or at least none that I saw. Right. They tried that completely. That's I what thought I thought. She was showing up because I was like, I thought well, tonight or, or next week for sure. But I thought, I thought maybe tonight they would show the, uh, the promo that says next week. And then she actually does show up next week. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I wonder how much how much of it is a rib and how much of it is they don't know what to do. I yeah, mean, well, they have like they don't have anyone on the roster, uh, you know, to really go against her because everyone's tied up. I think, you know, we could talk about what happened with Sasha and Naya, but I mean, but even like Alicia Fox, I mean, somebody I think uh, I, I don't know. So what have you heard about what's up with Dana? Because she was retweeting all those tweets about her not being on TV. And I mean, she has not been seen since. She's just, you know, in creative exile. <clears throat> creative has nothing like? for her. We got to talk about that with Matt. What it's like going city to city, town to town, sitting there in the dressing room, ready to go at a moment's notice. I oh, I, I, I would talk to guys all the time. I mean, I remember talking to uh, uh, Davy, Davy, Davy Boy Smith's son, uh, Harry Smith, uh, uh-huh. and he would talk about just for like a year being flown constantly, doing all that travel, you know, having to, to work out, and you're not being used on TV at all, and just uh, just how frustrating it was. Actually, if you do search on the site for the Harry Smith interview, you'll see it. But yeah, it's it's it can't be fun. Yeah, well, especially I mean, in the women's division, right? I mean, there's there's uh, from a ratio point of view, there's less competition. So you assume maybe you have better odds being one of, you know, six or seven or eight than you would have being a guy on there and you're one of like 30. Well, unless you got five, (laughs) then you don't have that, (laughs) that even number to, you know, have everyone has someone to work with. So, yeah, meanwhile, you know, you know, when Dana originally came on, she was with Emma. So they could go back to that. I think that'd be great. Not a bad idea. They just need someone to work with. And Alicia Fox is doing that thing with Noam Dar. So, uh, and who who else? That's about it on, with the women on the roster, right? What's on, up on with, uh, with Tamina? Tamina's been cleared, but... But I know her dad just passed away, so I assume that may have delayed things. Yeah, and was she drafted to Raw? I don't think it was ever specified. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. They, they got to do something. Uh, Raw could use just a little freshness like that. Although, at the same time, I mean, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, they're experiencing creative exile currently (laughs) good number of the guys that are that are living that um but yeah man uh emma and dana that would be a good female counterpart to gals and anderson i think that could be really really interesting uh but yeah so bailey uh pin charlotte it was a good match and you know what i i like did you catch little old school there charlotte blowing the kiss at cesaro to distract him uh and then cesaro getting attacked he was (laughs) up in the corner yeah this was so to me. This I know you thought this show didn't drag. To me, from here on, it dragged for a while until uh, until the Brock Lesnar segment. 
See, that's funny. The Lesnar segment I thought was one of the parts where it was like, okay, something, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Just waiting, waiting. I mean, to announce the Mania match was cool, but yeah. you know, and I guess uh, we'll see see if there's gonna be a title in the picture for that when the uh, the chips fall as we go further from there. Um, so away from that, we had uh, Neville and uh, who's who's sorry, I'm scrolling through this. So who's Neville up against tonight? Was he was that the rematch against Swan? No, that was uh, he was just cutting promo, right? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Swan came out. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think uh, I like how they're doing it with the uh, King of the Cruiserweights. You know, I like the whole uh, way that they're setting him up and portraying him right now. But I mean, do you think it's smart for them to keep it going with Swan as opposed to like we talked about last night? Like, I mean, Jack Gallagher. I mean, that that's you know, I think for Mania, it's a, that'd be a hell of a cruiserweight match to build up to. Oh gosh, I don't think I think Neville should squash Jack Gallagher, you know, and use that as a stepping stone to someone real like a Tozawa or a Austin Aries for Mania. But you know what? You don't want to throw all your big matches at Mania. They usually don't. You know, your big Intercontinental title match, they throw six people in. Um, yeah. you know, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if it's a multi-person cruiserweight match at Mania. But um on that big stage that will look like from the cheap seats like Hornswoggle and his friends came back. You know, it will look like midget wrestling on a big enough stage with all the yeah. cruiserweights out there. They they try to throw everyone out, and and you you have a ton of these multi person you know matches. So yeah, that's how. I, and you know, a lot of people are going to be for, left off the card. People are asking, you know, what this what they're going to do with SmackDown tag titles. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. They didn't have anything at the Royal Rumble. Al, American Alpha weren't even in, you know, the Rumble when James Ellsworth was. So you know that tells yeah. you something. Well, I mean, Ellsworth, I mean, has actually had his character defined on SmackDown. I still don't think they've done anything to define who American Alpha is for the SmackDown audience. Yeah. You know, which is... But, but, but with Neville, I think he's great as a heel. I think his uh, delivery is great. I think his promos, though, the, the actual content of him, I think it's a little silly that he's really acting like, a, you know, thinking he's a king, you know. But other than that, I think he, he delivers it great. He's intense. You know, he should be the Brock Lesnar of that division. Yeah. Although that, again, that's kind of funny. The Brock Lesnar, the cruiserweights, um, but no, but I, I, I get your point. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, okay. So we went from that and we had uh, the universal title match, Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens. So I think the ending to this one was pretty easy to see coming. Uh, but you know, I really yeah, liked how real, Strowman real quick, just man, came real quick. Oh, one yeah, thing yeah. I wanted to see what you thought of this. Yeah. I feel like they should stop put, putting the purple tape and stuff on the, the cruiserweight uh matches because i feel like the crowd immediately dies when they do that like they have it in their heads that oh th if this is you know the the point of the show that doesn't matter it's it's weird so now you've been to a live show where they did this i've been to a live show where they did this it's just weird how it kills the momentum because if i see people coming out and setting up the stage it better be for something cool. If I see that team coming out there and rapidly doing something, you know, they better be rigging the stage to break. Uh, there better be some cane like pyro going off from the four corners. Like I want something special to happen. Purple tape is not special. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I just, I just think it, it just kind of, it, it's like a mental switch that, uh, that you know that this is the part of the show you can skip. Well, because, it, I mean, and Matt said this all along. It's it's differentiating it by saying, like, these guys are not the real wrestlers. They're not the real main roster. They're right. the dog, literally the dog and pony show. You know, we're going to have some come out here and spin plates for you now for five minutes. Maybe do some cattle roping. Yeah, um, yeah it's and, and that's the thing. So it's got to be really, really special. And, and on I top of that, when they do the purple ropes, there's usually a bunch of video packages and commercials that make yeah. it a little longer. So they have time to, to change everything. And that, you know, kind of kills the momentum even more. So I, th I think they should stop doing that. Yeah. The, you know, the women, they don't have separate ropes for the women. Granted, they don't have their own show, but still, I, I don't think it, it, it needs it. It's just, it's very strange. I'm curious how this brand split is working out for them in this idea now that, okay, so we've got the brand split. Everyone's still touring in the same region, more or less. I think maybe, in fact, the most uh, furthest apart they might be from one another is um, that I've seen is when they're going to be uh, having a SmackDown live show in the Bay Area in two weeks. And I think uh, Raw is going to be from like Vegas or something like that. I think like a 10 hour drive is the furthest I've seen them divulge normally they're like three or four hours away from each other with smackdown doing a monday night show raw doing uh monday night raw live but then to have the cruiserweights go between and tape 205 live on tuesday like i wonder how that's all working out for them in terms of logistics yeah um usually it's not that far but yeah it uh 
you know, they, they usually don't work the same, uh, the same house show schedule. They, so they're only working two nights, so it's not too bad. Yeah. And it, and that's, and that's the other thing about it is it doesn't seem like we're not getting, I mean, it wasn't originally said to be like, okay, we're going to get the raw team going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and SmackDown going Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, can't... that's what's happening. But Neville, I don't think is like Neville is working live events. And I think Rich Juan is too. Yeah. And uh, there's uh, gosh, there's someone else, but there's only a handful of cruiserweights that are, but they don't work the Friday events. They do Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get more, um, you know, and I know it's still six months out, but I wonder when we get the, to the next draft, if things will be a little more defined, they'll put them on different uh, routes as it were. I, I keep getting the feeling that Vince is getting impatient with this thing. Well, you think he's just going to undo it all? Maybe drop it from Raw and then, you know, just leave it as its own thing. You know, 205 Live is its own show and then eventually drop that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I hope not. I think there's potential. They just need to make some changes. Well, what do you make? I mean, not to segue too much, but on that note, the UK championship, because we didn't see, I would have thought after that UK tournament and crowning the first UK champion, we would get treated to some UK wrestlers on Raw like we do the cruiserweights. You got, building... you got Pete Dunne appearing on, on NXT this week. Okay. He's so wrestling. Do it that way. Yeah, and Wolfgang worked a dark match at, at NXT this past weekend. I don't know. They're, the the UK championship is clearly a way for them to gauge creating their own thing in the UK, having their own show to, you know, was it the world of TV that was starting their own uh, TV show? It was a way to combat that. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that that's where they're going. I don't think it's uh, it's it's that well defined yet. I, mean, I don't think it's supposed to be something that's supposed to necessarily be on appearing on raw i don't think they're gonna have another change of ropes and, and do a uk match <laughs> come on but you know just just one blue one in the middle of the two red yeah they're running out of colors yeah it's true uh i don't know but so i think that's the question is that as i mean are they spreading themselves too thin across the board as a brand right now i mean yes they have the network but you know like what's 205 doing in weekly viewers i mean nxt based on all the anecdotal evidence we're seeing that's dropping out of the rankings, you know, it's not in the top 10 anymore. So I just wonder at what point do they just oversaturate their audience? Right. It's, it's getting there. I mean, they're, they're bringing up a bunch of content that people aren't really watching. You can, but uh, yeah, no one's really, if you had Pete Dunn come out, I bet he would get no response. Like the, the vast majority of the audience would not have no idea who that is. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I get that the UK title, it's for the <laughs> network, but they're not doing the crossovers to build awareness and, and compare it to 205 Live, where it's, I mean, two, 205 Live is probably even more rammed down our throats than Roman Reigns is on a weekly basis. If someone's writing the UK SmackDown Tag Team Champions. <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on a much kinder note, okay, so I gotta say, I loved the start to the match with Jericho and commentary that Strowman comes yes. out and puts his boot in Jericho's chest. I, I, I wonder if they're turning Braun Strowman babyface because, uh, he's this dominant badass and he was smart. That was a smart move. You take out Jericho, you, you don't need a shark cage. You just take him out right off the bat. I mean, it was, uh, I loved it. I thought that was a great spot. That should be, you know, Braun Strowman should be like a one-man version of the Shield. He should be like, there's lack security here. All these matches keep getting broken up due to interference and disqualification. The ref doesn't even see half the time when the guy actually gets legit pinned. Like Braun should just like have a light bulb go off, and he becomes the one-man enforcer of Raw. He's uh, he's they've done an awesome job with him. I mean, my opinion on him has changed completely, and, yeah. uh, and it's all their booking. You know, it's not like he has this super charisma. I mean, he's a giant dude, but I mean, they've just booked him brilliantly and he's getting way better in the ring. I thought this match was good for what it was. It was good, know? but okay. So it was interesting that Owens, while injured, still was able to go toe to toe for so long. But what did you make? Okay. So we, I mean, we've had the idea and we've seen various iterations of the chicken, you know, the chicken ass heel. Um, but when's the last time a champion like legit was expressing his fear? And worry and saying like, hey, I need some outside interference to help me beat this guy. Like th the last time the champ expressed this. Oh, heel champs do that a lot. I try Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan would do that all the time when he was facing like Mark Henry and, and Big Show. It just seemed a little out of character for Owens. At one point, I mean, it sounded like you know, too bad Morgan's not here. It sounded like he was bringing back Morgan's stuttering gimmick for a little bit there with how flustered he seemed. 
Yeah, I think you know they. It's not like they've made Kevin Owens look like this strong. It's not they haven't booked him like they do a Brock Lesnar, yeah. um, or you know a lot of the other you know big champions that they've had in the past that were heels, but or you know or Triple H. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's how he's been booked. He hasn't. He's been in the main events, but he hasn't necessarily booked as a, a top main event guy. And yeah, so it, it didn't surprise me that that's uh, that he was, you know, the chicken shit heel. Yeah, um, it was. I was enjoying the match. Roman coming out to just, and this isn't just me projecting something on Roman. I mean, just like a chorus of booze from the audience. Uh, you know, him breaking it up. Like, I get it storyline wise. I, I was kind of hoping they were going to give us a week without Roman on TV. No. No, you got to, he, he, this guy just cost him the championship. You got to follow uh, up on that. Well, I mean, uh, otherwise uh, he looks like a wuss. Although, uh, you know, someone pointed out uh, in a comment tonight, when's, when's the last time New Day wasn't on an episode of Monday Night Raw? Hey, I think it was, it, it was a welcome break. If you got something, nothing for him, I'd rather see them not on than doing something with Titus O'Neil. Well, yes. I think Titus O'Neil even thinks those segments are playing. I think they need to start doing more, uh, trades between raw and smackdown because yeah. the, the only one they've done is jack swagger and uh <laughs> look how that's worked out. The, yeah they can freshen you know they can freshen it up a little bit so uh, that a new day to smackdown would revive that tag team division a little bit and uh give them a, a breath of fresh air so i think um it, it, so what was what was the prediction that matt morgan said we're not going to see a mania because tonight i i see roman and uh braun the seeds of that being further developed. Uh, he said not for the universal title, but I don't know, maybe the, maybe the U.S. belt. I don't think so. I think it's think definitely. So? I think it's going to be Roman and Undertaker. Yeah. I think Roman and Braun at Fastlane. Uh, Mike was asking in the the comments if it was going to be. Uh, I think he was asking if it's going to be Braun versus Kevin Owens versus yeah Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman. From what I and you know with WWE people give like Dave Meltzer crap a lot because he'll mention like things could change, you know, this, but it's true. You hear it from Matt. You hear it from all these wrestlers, how often plans change, but the plan seems to be uh, Kevin Owens versus Goldberg uh, at Fastlane, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Goldberg probably is winning the title and defending against Lesnar at Mania, but they could always change. Which is so weird. So let's talk about that. Cause the Lesnar segment, uh, did happen after that and um i mean does that need to have a title in the picture i mean lesnar versus goldberg you know stakes are already there i think it um to kind of make it different from their previous match and because this is the one that's going to have the most mainstream appeal mm -hmm. so having a title match I, I think it just it does add a little something to it you know, that's like having the rock when, you know, he faced John Cena for the title the second time, yeah. um, you know, rock was champion. It just, just gives it something when you're on the talk shows doing media and granted, I don't know. Lesnar's not going to be doing any media. I don't know if Goldberg is, but you know, saying it that Goldberg and Lesnar are facing each other for the title. It just, it just gives it something special. Now what they do after that is, is interesting. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the best way to go. I don't see Goldberg having a big extensive run uh, in the WWE after Mania. I mean, but who knows? You know, maybe you want to show up and uh, take over when because isn't Chris Jericho leaving after Mania? I he's supposed to be. Yeah, he's yeah. touring with Fozzie again. But um, again, if you don't know how long it's going to be, it could be just uh, a little time off. Yeah. That's true. Um, he just so, signed a new contract with WWE. We had reported that a couple weeks ago. But yeah, which I think it's interesting because he did an interview the other day where he was talking about how he's got tour dates with Fozzie lined up. So I don't know. Yeah. He's been saying, you know, every run's supposed to be his last run for a while now. But uh, yeah. He hasn't been saying that in a while. He, well, he's he been did. saying like he comes and goes. So. Yeah. Twice yeah. last year, he fooled everyone because originally it was supposed to be Mania. And then in summer, he was like, well, it's been good. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't. If if Jericho says he's leaving on social media, that means he's staying. <laughs> oh, the psychology of, of wrestling and kayfabe in reality. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Heyman tonight giving. I mean, 
calling it out there as as the the as Goldberg being his yeah, but like I don't know. I mean, it seemed to me like that was Heyman like acknowledging some weakness in on Goldberg or on uh, Lesnar's part, like that promo. That for me, that was the only part that dragged, just because I feel like with the audience chanting Goldberg and everything, and Heyman doing his thing. I mean, I don't know. Like they could have got to the point a lot faster. Um, I, I thought Heyman's pr- promo was great. I, I just think that when you're doing, when you're setting up these big WrestleMania matches, it would be good to have Brock Lesnar talk a little bit. It doesn't have to be a huge promo, just a couple lines saying, saying Brock, you know, saying Goldberg, your ass is mine or something that just makes it stick out a little more. What's well, weird though, too, right? I mean, so the, he even acknowledged like the Ronda Rousey, uh, the original Ronda Rousey loss um, in this tonight. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like no excuse. Like, I don't know. And kayfabe, have we been have we had it explained to us yet in kayfabe why we're supposed to believe that goldberg a guy who came out of retirement and prepped maybe for six weeks was able to beat brock lesnar the guy that broke the streak the guy that's invincible in the wwe i mean i don't feel like they've tried to even give us a real explanation of that um yeah i mean i don't think you really have to he's just this badass that has this number i think that's the story yeah. And he's just the one guy that Lesnar can never beat because every time they've faced each other, Goldberg's won. I mean, they, yeah. they, that's the great thing is every match they've had, they haven't had a bunch of matches, you know, before their WrestleMania won 13 years ago. So yeah. everyone they've had, Goldberg's won. I guess, it's, okay, so yeah. So Both. Uh, Katie Mudd <laughs> giving me crap in the comments. I mean, I get it. Okay, I'm supposed to suspend disbelief and not <laughs> pretend that I know what Bill Goldberg has been up to for, you know, the last day um but yeah it's that that was the hard part for me in sort of reconciling that so so who do you think i mean your early prediction who do you think wins it a mania do you think goldberg Goldberg. i I mean i'm sorry lesnar so they're gonna finally tip the scales um yeah now where you go from lesnar uh with lesnar from there is interesting because he doesn't work live events that much either uh he is working some so they could throw in all his live event dates while he's champ and then he drops the title to uh, you know whoever it is i'm yeah, how do you do Roman Reigns seems like an obvious oh, choice, but and that's the only way they can do it, right? I mean, that's the only foreseeable. I mean, maybe Braun if they build Braun up even more in the coming months, but I mean, Reigns absolutely. I could see them having him drop. I, I could see them going to Reigns and then having Reigns versus Braun. You know, coming back to it, like having Braun kind of win this time around. Yeah, uh, have Braun beat Roman at Fastlane. You know, something with Taker. Um, yeah, and so that way it sets the seeds down the road. Uh, to do that so uh we talked earlier about how i was expecting emma to come out tonight and it was during this match sasha banks versus nia Jax. sasha you know she's got uh her ass handed to her uh even well beyond uh, the bell ring and then they had that segment backstage i mean were you thinking at that point like something else is i mean it was just strange to me how long that went on bailey came out and helped her but then yeah the segment of them walking backstage just seemed very weird to me i, I if, if i would have put money at that point i would have been like 20 dollars. emma's about to show up you know in any moment. well they're supposedly turning sasha heel oh interesting so you know that could be a spot for emma since if, if bailey's tied up with charlotte you know emma's a baby face against sasha i don't know what to do with naya but but you know that is something when's the last time emma was over as a face though she's gonna have to bring back the dance moves <laughs> well there there that goes <laughs> the well, dance moves haven't, the haven't dance worked moves. since nxt did, I don't, did they even really work in nxt like i mean it was endearing yeah. and like sort of uh like i don't know if we're laughing at you or with you sort of thing i think emma is the badass when she came back as evil emma i mean i just thought that was awesome um yeah. so i don't know yeah maybe it'll happen at some point maybe we'll actually see emelina the debut but yeah not even teasing it anymore that's how that's, that's where that's all headed. No, that um, could mean that she's ready to show up then. And yeah. that makes it more of a surprise. Totally. Yeah, tonight would have been a good night. Uh, but we had Enzo and Cass versus Jinder and Rusev. Um, Jinder Mahal, good Lord, is he jacked? Yeah, the, the, I was surprised uh, Enzo and Cass were, uh, were able to get away with some of those lines they used, you know, about <laughs> his veins and how veiny he was. But yeah, man, he's... Uh, He's he's going for that that body type that Vince likes. Yeah, wasn't that just the key? Isn't the vein thing um, something? I mean, literally, Matt Morgan, I'm sure knows this, but I remember I was reading it about like Hugh Jack. This, I guess, you go, you like fast for like a day, and then you literally do a bunch of push-ups and eat something salty, and that's what makes the veins pop like that. So, I mean, that's that's intentional, you know, and sort of overdoing it. 
I'm the wrong person to ask about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I read a lot. I'm a reader. I have no personal experience with this. I just read. Yeah. Uh, I sit on my ass while I'm reading. Um, but yeah, I, I thought uh, Jinder looked great. I thought that match was was fun. It was good. Um, but yeah, man. So yeah, with, with Samoa Joe coming in, poor Rusev, man. Because like Rusev's already been knocked so far down in his standing on things you know he's got that bass i mean so that's a legit broken nose that's not just a- yeah no that's legit i don't know if you saw the the photo on wrestling inc was it, yeah it was last week mm-hmm. where uh, you know the doctors were tending to him outside the ring and and you know they covered his face with a towel they put this gauze in his nose but you know it fell out when he was trying to get back in the ring so yeah it wow. was busted yeah that's crazy um- someone pointed out that uh you know, Rusev wearing the mask a, a week after he was calling himself handsome, you know, stealing Cody Rhodes gimmick, right? Because he was dashing and then started wearing the mask. Yeah. It was the j- joke someone made on Reddit. Now, so next week, Gold Crush, you know, have Rusev out in the makeup, just cycling through <laughs> all the Cody gimmicks. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I think with Rusev, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, he's been in this feud, which is good. But I mean, a testament to him, right? It would have been so easy for WWE creative to say, you know what, skip the rumble, we'll give your spot to Kane. Like they, they're they choosing to keep using him even with his situation. So creative obviously, you know, is in favor of him. I wonder how that's gonna, if, if that's gonna change now with uh, Samoa Joe entering the picture and us having, you know, another feud at that level, at the higher level. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's clear they don't have big plans for him right now. Yeah. So what did you think before Samoa Joe showed up? What did you, what did you think of Triple H's speech? I thought that was a little different, a little more nuanced uh, take on things. I liked how he was trying to contrast his new life with his old life. You know? I thought it was a great promo. Uh, Triple H, you know, delivered it like a like a main eventer. But the problem with WWE booking is that Triple H, pretty much everything he said was absolutely right. And everything he was ripping Seth Rollins for was absolutely right. And so Seth Rollins is the baby face, I think comes across looking bad uh, just because the way they booked it, uh, you know, they, the triple H hasn't um, uh, been, I guess what's, what's the right word? Uh, triple H has looked strong, I guess, throughout the whole thing. Well, Seth Rollins has been losing match after match, losing the title, losing all the big matches. So, you know, triple H looks justified for what he's saying was, whereas Rollins looked weak the whole time. So, that's the one problem with with that with any Triple H program is he when he does these promos is he's usually right, but that's because they don't book Triple H to ever look weak. It's yeah. always the other guy. Well, and this wasn't a Triple H authority promo. This wasn't best for business. I mean, this was was earnest in the way he was delivering it, and I thought it was, it was a nice you know different shade. Um, but yeah, with with Joe coming out, you know, sort of as his muscle and enforcer, I think that's a good angle. I think they could do that with Rollins for a while. Yeah, I thought I honestly thought Samoa Joe would be debuting on SmackDown, uh, you know, especially, you know, and like we said, plans could have changed or maybe it still is Samoa Joe and Cena. They're finding another way to get there. Um, But yeah, I thought it was uh, it was unexpected. People people are saying in the comments, picking up on my theory from months ago about suggesting that Stephanie and, and Rollins had an affair at some point because the way they relate to each other, man, that I mean, I still think that would be an angle. Like that would be a fantastic angle in this whole thing. They have to do something with Rollins to keep him from seeming whiny at this point. Like I think his motivation, that's the problem earlier. I mean, so when it got a little creepy and a little dark, but also I think he's just going to risk coming off as, is like just whining. He comes across as like the obsessed ex-girlfriend who can't let go, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, triple H, you know, he, he should have his promo after triple H turned on him should have been, I didn't need you guys. I didn't want you guys, you know, but you cost me the time. You know, I, I, I was only, I was only doing it to, cause you guys are in power, but I didn't need you guys as opposed yeah. to being crushed that he, you know, they turned on him and, and wanting an explanation why, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there could have been a lot of, he could have done the, you know, I felt like maybe I did take a shortcut before and now I'm going to start from the bottom. They could have done a series of, you know, having him work his way back up to it. And I think done a really good storyline. I mean, there's a lot of angles that could have went, but I just, I, that's what's my fear for Seth Rollins is that Monday night raw next week is going to open with Rollins in the ring, cutting a promo. That's just going to, I mean, just be the most nasally whiny promo he's ever cut. You know, I think he's really got to find a way to recenter the storyline. If, if he's truly going to be a face. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, they got to do something. Um, but all in all, man, I thought there was a lot going on tonight. And so uh, Samoa Joe, is this how you would have debuted him? Um, I think this was a solid way to do it. You think it was better this than number 30 at the Rumble? I think 30 at the Rumble would have would have been a hell of a way to start the storyline, right? You know, if Rollins had come in, you know, so and we talked about this before, but if Rollins had, you know, stolen somebody's spot in the Rumble and then had Joe come in as the enforcer and take Rollins out, I think that would have been good too. Yeah, that would have um, been cool. I think the thing is, you know, I feel vindicated today, everything I was reading online about the Rumble, a lot of people had this very similar reaction to mine, that it was just with the 30 spot last night, the way they built it up, just uh, put so much pressure on it that Roman Reigns was like the biggest middle finger, you know, that that uh, the, the creative could have given a certain subgenre of fans. Which makes me think he is turning heel. Like this is the slow, uh, slow build to him turning heel. Because why would you put this amount of hate on the guy? You know, because like I said yesterday on, on last night's podcast, you could you could have put him in at number twenty five. You could have put Taker in at 30. So everyone knows by the time 30 comes around, that is Taker. They wouldn't have been disappointed. But when you had all the big names out already, and so when you get to 30, you're expecting a big name. So yeah, that is, it's what you said. Like you're expecting a surprise. So, you know, you could have had Reigns at 25. People would have still popped when Orton eliminated him. But yeah. the fact that they got this extra heel heat on him by coming in at 30 uh, makes me think he's turning heel. I think... Uh, I think he's going to be where he is right now is this baby face. Uh, it's not sucking up to the fans until mania. And I think at mania, when he faces taker, I think he just either beats the hell out of him after the match or, or starts cheating and using chairs and stuff to win the match. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. It would be a bold move and very, very stark uh, departure from the way that they've, they've treated reigns to date so far, but yeah, you know, last night, I mean, that was, that was a really good pay-per-view. And so much so that I felt like the, even with that Reigns reveal, I felt like a lot of the momentum coming out of that tonight made Raw better, right? It was the perfect scenario. It's what we complain about not happening every pay-per-view and every Raw the night after. It's like we had something that really built stuff up, that set up new storylines, and then we had a show that, that did a pretty all right job of capitalizing on that. You know, so I have to say, I mean, tonight with Raw, I get it. You know, for you, you're at the end of your rope. I absolutely get it. You know, and I watched TakeOver no, it, Saturday too. It wasn't uh, just that. You know what else sucked? Yeah. This crowd. Yeah. They were so quiet like this whole show. Like they were not they weren't alive for anything. So I think that had a lot of effect. Like it felt like it dragged even though what was going on, on the TV was 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 good. Yeah. I think the the crowd just not being alive really hurt the really hurt the show. You know, and uh I've recommended this before. Okay, so what so we've talked about this. So let's let's talk about some life hacks for watching Monday Night Raw. Cuz Matt Morgan's talked about his life hack. He watches it on DVR and fast forwards through anything he feels bored by. Um, what about you? Do you sit there wrapped with attention, notepad in your hand, just sitting there writing like, "Oh, that was good." Or I'll say this later, you know, or do you just sort of tune out, play on your phone? What do you do when you watch Monday Night Raw? So I do have my laptop and I have my uh my you know notepad in lap in my laptop um, yeah. so i take notes during the show um but i do find my and and but then i'm on our you know we have a ton of stuff going on our comment section yeah, i think we're at like over five thousand comments so far just on the raw thread you know the the, the twitter uh section e emails we're getting throughout the show so it's busy so it's uh trying to pay attention to the show while you know kind of dealing with all this other stuff so yeah, you know, and we have moderators moderators on the comment section. Someone else runs the Twitter, but it's still keeping an eye on it, and, and you know, seeing what's going on. Yeah, it's I find busy. that I'm doing sit, a ton of stuff. I try and watch it undistracted, and then what I'll do is when it starts to lull or it starts to get to a slow part or something, you know, uh, where I feel like it doesn't need 100 percent of my attention, maybe I'll cook dinner during that time. Uh, but I find that I probably half to two thirds of the show I'm paying mostly undivided attention to it you know and i think that there's something to be said i'm curious what the wwe thinks its average fans watching experience is you know because they do these social media times oh they stop doing facebook live um you know they talk about things that are trending do they assume most fans now are live tweeting it you know how do they assume the average fan watches and consumes raw i think that would be fascinating to know what research uh, they have and a lot of a lot of people are on social media you know yeah. uh, during the show i mean it's it's all it's always trending yeah. at least raw is yeah, I look at Twitter occasionally. I look at Reddit. Um, usually depends on if I want more analysis or just want to laugh. You know, Reddit's very good for 
<laughs> on squared circle for stuff that is just hilarious in the moment. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the watching experience can greatly affect, you know, how enjoyable the average episode is, but yeah, I have to say, you know, for rumble and the raw afterwards, I thought this was pretty good. This, you know, even with all of the flaws between them, I, Trying to think back, maybe Money in the Bank last year was the last time I thought that the pay-per-view in the night after was was solid start to finish, you know, without there were some minor things to complain about, but not major things. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, again, I think the, the crowd heard it, but it was a good show. Yeah. Although, so speaking of the crowd last night, so you guys had the story, you know, and it was going around today, moving the big guys with the carts to the rumble. <laughs> yeah. I think if I'd been in attendance at that, that would have completely taken me out of the moment, seeing the video of that. Yeah, it, it's there's something that makes them less intimidating when you, you see them jump on a cart and get ridden down, especially Braun Strowman. That that entrance is hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, check it out on the site. But uh is but yeah, I guess it's gonna take and they only long. did it for the big guys. So, so was the thought that it's gonna take them too long or that they're gonna show up in the ring winded and not be able to go? I don't know. I mean yeah. it could be both. Yeah, highly recommend that video. That uh, is the best behind the scenes, not even behind the scenes because it was public, but it's the best thing they didn't show you on TV in quite some time. Big E had a funny response to that too. Oh yeah? He said something about what, is that WWE saying that I'm fat? <laughs> <laughs> um, so so uh, looking at it tonight, coming out of it, um, yeah, I would like to see them turn Roman heel. Maybe, maybe it'll happen, but we're on track. It'd be for great. Fat. You know, Roman gets so much hate, but man, that guy has been busting his ass. He, he, he has good matches on pay-per-view all the time. You know, he's, he's doing his share. Uh, it's just how he's been booked and, and it's not, you can't really feel bad for him because uh, he's making that main event money and, you know, he's in that spot. But at the same time, I do feel like he doesn't get a lot of the recognition that, you know, uh, he should get over a lot of the other guys that are getting it. So I said it last night, you know, for as much as people like to say that I hate on Reigns, it had Strowman not interfered last night and had Reigns won the belt at the end of that match, I would have thought that would have been well deserved. I thought that was such a good match. I couldn't even hate on on Reigns if he'd won it, you know, um, because it was it was really good. And I think that juxtapose that with him entering the rumble at 30 that's what i don't like it's not the idea like oh my god i hate roman reigns and i don't want to see roman reigns succeed i want i want to feel like roman reigns is organically succeeding not forced success which is exactly what his entrance at number 30 felt like yeah so i think uh you know he'll turns a way to go it's yeah. long overdue we've been saying it forever i wouldn't be surprised if they don't do it but this seems like the time and it seems like they're kind of being nudged in that direction so we got five weeks still fast lane. Actually, no, like a month, right? A uh, month from yeah, this coming well, Sunday. Yeah. Which is so, crazy. Yeah, about five weeks. Um, someone's asking if if Goldberg takes the title off of Owens, would Owens go after the U.S. title at Mania? Um, I don't think it needs the U.S. title. I don't um, – I, I mean, it does add a little something to it, but I could, I could see Jericho dropping it before Mania. Yeah. You know, some of these, some of these, someone's asking about Finn Balor. What's, what's next for Finn Balor when he comes back? They trust me, they don't have any plans for Balor right now. Uh, you know, once he gets cleared, then that's when they start thinking of stuff. But, um, you know, as for what I would do, I'd, I'd put him right back, you know, in the hunt. Yeah, no, I think they can do it. And it'd be interesting uh, where Samoa Joe is on the card at that point. I mean, Balor can come in and feud with just, a, you know, we've already seen, you know, what he can do with Owens. We've seen, well, we've seen what he can do with all the guys right now, right? And we know that it's great. He's great with Joe. He's great with Kevin. He's great with Reigns, even. So, I mean, yeah, great with Rollins. Bring him, where, bring him. Where, would you put, where would you put Samoa Joe? Raw or SmackDown? Oh, SmackDown by far. Yeah, I, I think that's, something. I think most people would say that. Yeah, um, I, so they'll do this for a while. We'll see how it goes. But it's just because he's the type. I mean, Bray Wyatt's the only other guy with that kind of body type uh, at, at SmackDown, and their characters are wildly different. But I don't think Rusev Owens and Samoa Joe, it's, it's all one spectrum, man. There's just like a degree separating each of them. Yeah, but their characters are uh, different enough that, you know, that it, w it wouldn't conflict. You know what I mean? Owens and, Owens and Joe have very similar styles. They've got a lot of overlapping moves in their set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but uh, just Joe's character is very different. Joe's yeah. character is more that, you know, MMA kind of badass, whereas Owens is kind of a smart ass, you know, smarky heel. So. Yeah. 
See, but yeah, but I agree. I think uh, I think what I would do is I'd bring Samoa Joe on SmackDown and have him, you know, feud with Cena, and uh, and then you guys you got guys like Ambrose. I think you should turn AJ Styles uh, babyface soon, and and you know you got you got a ton of stuff right there. Yeah, no, and I think I think Samoa Joe could be just a monster heel on SmackDown. And you got Randy Orton as a babyface by that point, you know, Orton yeah. and Samoa Joe, so it opens a bunch of stuff. Bray Wyatt. Uh, is in that mix so yeah yeah no you know i'm excited for smackdown tomorrow night i mean more so even than usual because i'll be curious to see what the fallout is from from the rumble yeah someone's asking about the elimination chamber match uh so they announced john cena and aj styles so that's four more spots uh you're gonna have a bunch of guys that have no chance of winning so i'm guessing like ziggler and probably apollo cruz and uh Maybe Mojo. I, I mean, you could throw Ambrose and The Miz in there. The, the problem is you also have an undercard. And yeah, with you true. know SmackDown's talent depth, so shallow, I guess. Uh, if you put Ambrose in there, you really have no other top matches. Um, so, I mean, we'll yeah, see. I could see them. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with it now, right? Because, I mean, with Ambrose, there's not a lot of heels. I mean, that, that's part of the problem with SmackDown. SmackDown doesn't really have – I mean, they got The Miz – they got styles yeah oh yeah bray wyatt nor oh yeah bray wyatt's gonna be one of the guys in that match obviously yeah. so um so that's three spots so the three open i i, I bet they'd probably put ziggler and apollo cruz in there so that kind of leaves one yeah but the problem is now the faces have the belts on smackdown so how do you i don't know i think this is some of the challenges that they get with it because with a limited number of heels it's like how do we get a match that we haven't seen before if we're gonna see just you know rematches basically um well they got yeah. I mean, they got Corbin, uh, but I don't think Corbin's ready. You do Corbin and Ambrose. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone will bet on Baron Corbin to win that match. Maybe. Uh, I mean, that would, they're pushing him right now. He's in, he's in line for a big push. I mean, he eliminated Braun Strowman. Yeah. At the Rumble. So it's clear that, I mean, they don't let anyone just do that. So uh, I'd, I'd actually bet on Corbin if they have him and Ambrose wrestling. That would be interesting with him having the IC title. That would be like a darker version of the Miz having it. You know, uh, yeah. just sort of hating on uh, all the indie guys. So cool, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back Wednesday morning, Raj and myself, to talk about SmackDown Live and uh, the build-up to Elimination Chamber, which is only two weeks away. Less than two weeks away. Yeah. Man, how this brand split has just killed your weekends, hasn't it? Because, it's like, you know, now, like, what, 20 weekends out of the year. Just yeah, at least it's usually just Sunday. You know, it's yeah. it's it's weekends like this last one where it can it can get to be tough. Yeah, and uh, Mania Access goes on sale. So I, I made the decision I'm not going to Mania this year because uh, we have tickets to something else we really want to go to that I'm not even going to admit what it is we're going to. No, you got to say. You got to say. Okay, there's a live screening of the movie Grease 2. Uh, oh, one of the stars, oh, yeah, you Maxwell Caulfield, it. who was in Grease. A year ago tonight, we were in Las Vegas. We saw Grease 2 in a bowling alley with Adrian Zamed from Grease 2. And then we bought tickets. Maxwell Caulfield, the guy that played the cool rider. Uh, it's going to be a screening in San Francisco. It was supposed to be a month ago, but they moved it uh, to April 1st. So we looked at it and said, you know what? We can't miss that. So we're going to skip me. And we weren't excited about going to Orlando because we went to Orlando five years in a row. We went there for a honeymoon and like every fall after that. So we need a break from Orlando. We've been there too often. You know? <laughs> You are going to watch WrestleMania, though. Oh, of course I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch everything. You know, I'm going to do well, like you were saying, even from a coverage point of view, right? Like, do you want to be there at Mania and then do the podcast after from the no, part? No, I'll be back before WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. So, from a coverage point of view, it makes more sense to not actually go. But uh, so, everyone that didn't catch it tonight, access tickets go on sale this Saturday. And I don't know if you looked at the line. They're on sale right now. The pre-sale is going right now. Oh, the pre-sale is okay. So there was interesting. There are premium some premium VIPs, but like Bailey is a VIP this year. Sasha's a VIP this year. Um, I mean, definitely some stuff where, yeah, if there's certain superstars, you want to make sure that you get a chance to meet at access, look at the list, buy the tickets. Um, Cause I think every year there's people that buy the general tickets and don't realize certain people are VIP only. Yeah. And uh, at, if you are going to buy access tickets, the presale, the code is tweet me is one of the presale codes that you can use. Nice. So yeah, it should be good this year, but that's the thing. I figure I'll have, you know, a different, but good mania experience staying at home, watching everything uh, on the pay-per-view, the takeover hall of fame and mania itself. Yeah. 
so it should be good man cool so uh until next time i look forward to people blowing up on my twitter and leaving in the youtube comments about greece too uh i do contend greece two is better than greece one so if you really want to get into it with me i, I didn't even know they video. had a greece two. Oh, raj you are missing out my friend i never you, saw greece one so. how have you never seen greece one i watched i watched like good movies star wars rocky you know that kind of stuff karate kid movie. back to the future Ghostbusters. Those, those are all great movies, and I I would contend Grease one and two certainly belong in the mix. Some people you put might that suggest, up there with those. Well, gr many people would say Grease itself, but I think Grease two it's it's a very interesting way to make a sequel where they literally no holes barred. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tougher one. You know, uh, that's a tougher one. It's like yeah, uh, ready to rumble. You know, like let's just go for all the greats. You know, yeah. um, oh, man. It's a shame Vince Russo didn't keep doing the podcast long enough to really get into his head on that David Arquette thing. Uh, I'm sure there's still many lingering questions. Cool. So uh, we'll see everyone back here on Wednesday to talk about SmackDown Live. And until next time, uh, I'm Glenn Rubenson. See you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.